Wow, that's so funny. Two broke gays? Two broke gays? Two broke gays? Hey everybody, you're listening to Two Broke Gays, the podcast where you can see if me, Jenna Cordes, and he, Kevin Sullivan, ever make it in Hollywood. So Kevin is off the podcast today. Unfortunately, he had a death in his family. So we're wishing you all the love, Kevin. Um, And in your place today, we have our special guest, my best friend, roommate, and Two Broke Gays political correspondent, Katrina Ledbetter. Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jenna. I'm so excited to be here in our living room. Well, (laughs) it it is a historic day, even for our living room. So right now it's, God, is it November? What what, is it? The 14th? Is it the 5th? Is it? I think it's November 98th. November 98th. Uh, So it is November 5th and we are in the middle of the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's the end of the 2020 election here shortly. Yeah, true. Hopefully it's not the middle. We've been at this point watching, and we to be fully transparent with you guys, we do have um, uh, we do have CNN on. We are watching what's going on in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Yeah, I've never cared this much about what's going on in Georgia. Like, truly never cared this much you know you and i were having an interesting discussion about how uh about how like we have never been this good at math we (laughs) we've never gotten so good at the electoral college votes like i could tell you right now like obviously we know the big four we know arizona's 11 nevada's six Pennsylvania's 20, Georgia's 16. Yes. I could not have told you that last week. (laughs) This week, I know it. So, we just watched a rather disturbing speech. Boy, it's so disturbing. (laughs) So, President Trump just came out. He said the word corruption a lot. He talked about um, a lot of, you know, things that he perceives to be facts, which are unfounded delusion. And that's corroborated by every major TV network, so I don't think... Yeah, as, as everyone keeps saying, and our favorite, you know, political correspondent, John King, John has King. said, these votes are legitimate, they are real, they are legal votes. The president is just throwing his last public temper tantrum that he can about this, and it's lies. It is all lies. And it's always been lies coming out of his mouth for mm-hmm. the past four years. I, I, I know that. And I think I desensitized myself to that. But it's for some reason, watching him lie during this moment about like the institutions that we have set in place in American democracy and kind of like question and challenge those, I feel like is particularly disturbing. Yeah. I'm having a reaction to it like I didn't know this is what he was going to do, you know? Yeah. I think it's just... It's, we've never seen a president, like, not lose gracefully. Right. Like, we've just never seen that. And it's not like he suddenly became a respectable person overnight. And is like, this is fine. I will accept this. (laughs) Yeah. I guess in my mind, I kind of expected him to come out and be like, we're going to keep fighting. Like, kind of like Biden's speech two days ago Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, we're going to win. But he didn't really say we're going to win. He just said, we're this is illegal and it's corrupt and we're going to litigate, which 
just kind of classic Trump. Yeah, well, he knows he's not going to win. Yeah. And he can't that's, win at this <laughs> point, so... That's why he looked kind of like a deflated balloon. Yeah. I think. I hope. I don't want to speak too soon, and then we have this on recording, and then, you know, I don't even fucking know what Well, then happen. we have to really eat our words. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll be recording this from an underground cave <laughs> that we're hiding out in anyway, but, you know, something I was just thinking about... Um, you know, you kept having my boyfriend, who is not American, reassure you. He gave us this great speech that he has faith in America's institutions mm-hmm. and that we, you know, have too many checks and balances in place to allow a dictatorship and authoritarianism right. to just blatantly take over. And that he has complete faith in the American system. And... I think what's interesting is that over the past four years, even though I don't believe anything Trump says, I know he's a liar, he has even eroded my faith in institutions where I'm like, well, do I believe that they will stand? Yeah. And that's like a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it is. It is because I had that fear too. I think that's why I kept having Neilan give me the speech about, sorry you guys, Malone is getting comfortable. Um, I kept having him give me the speech about, you know, democracy and that no matter what happened, uh, democracy would not die with the results of this election, even though it really did feel that way, I felt. Um, and, And maybe in another sense, it still feels that way, which is why, you know, I'm clinging to I guess I just want to be the first one to know. Like, I know there's nothing I can do, but I just am clinging to cable news because I want to get the information as soon as they do. You know what? Let me correct that because there is a correspondent on CNN, bless her heart, who was trying to do math last (laughs) night outside of the Arizona um, counting facility. And, oh, my God, I grabbed Katrina's hand and I was like, I I said, this bitch. And I I was taken aback. I was like, wow, I never do that. Like, women on TV, women in person. Of course, that's a different story. Just kidding. Um, But I was like, I was so on edge. And so to see her, like, break out the pencil and pen and try to figure it out, I was like, just give me the fucking, you know, like, I freaked out. Well, some people might say the pencil and paper and not the pencil and pen because that makes it really difficult to write things down. No wonder it was so hard for her to do that math. She was just writing. I I do math for a living. Right. I do data analytics every single day and even I'm just like my brain hurts from all the math. Maybe it's because I just get to put it into spreadsheets and systems and I never have to do it in my head. Yeah, old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's funny because I feel like if you were on the podcast on a normal night I would be like tell the listeners about yourself but we're it's such a heightened state that I was like we got to jump into the election and then luckily you slipped in what you do for a living because (laughs) I don't even know that that would have come up to be honest um so yeah the the we have a newfound love for John King he's he's a total zaddy he's just like hot his voice is calming um, and, uh, he was off air last night. He needed to rest. Yeah. Well, he was on until I think through like maybe extending through his normal segment time, but then they brought Chris Cuomo uh-huh. and I don't know, this young guy, we keep calling the pipsqueak. <laughs> He's probably older than He's us. He's probably older than us and <laughs> definitely makes a lot more money. Um, but he was just a pipsqueak and Cuomo and him were kind of going back. That's when the math really took off for me. I was like, I... 
I can't keep up with this. This, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's looking like, you know, it's looking like we're gonna have some kind of clarity tonight, but probably most likely tomorrow, maybe next week. Yeah, I think the interesting thing too is like this is how elections go. Mail-in ballots are always being counted days after the election, and mm-hmm. as that steadfast man in Clark County, Nevada was saying, you know, (laughs) this is nothing new and they don't have to have anything definitive until the deadline that they have in like their state constitution or whatever, which is days away. Mm -hmm. It's just, we have never, A, had this many mail-in ballots and B, these states with massive populations have never not been allowed to count the majority of their votes, you know, this late. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we could have anticipated it would be a bit different with the pandemic and with the amount of mail-in ballots, but like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, they, I think in Nevada said, he's like, yeah, we're counting till the 10th because that's when it ends for Nevada. And it's just interesting because I feel like Trump, I'm not even sure if you can say the Republican Party at this point, but I feel like Trump is so frustrated that it's being done differently in every state when, like, historically, states' rights are kind of a major push for the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to see the frustration with that and sort of like a, like, well, it's just whatever he can do to Yeah, and and Trump isn't a Republican. True, true. Trump believes in Trump and mm-hmm. that is it. Like yeah. that is the other thing too. Is right. Like, he doesn't care about the systems. He doesn't care about our institutions. Mm-hmm. He only cares about himself. Yeah. And he's always only cared about himself. Mm-hmm. He was just a good pawn to help the Republican yeah. party. Yeah. You know? To help them get back in. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And he just like got off, uh, blaming like Philadelphia and Detroit, which like he didn't say, you know, don't trust black people, but that was definitely the subtext. And yeah. we, we watched some of the CNN anchors um, kind of break that down. And... I mean, David Axelrod said it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a soft spot for David Axelrod <laughs> because he looks like my Uncle Bob. So <laughs> It's true. She showed me a picture of her Uncle Bob. I can, uh, I can definitely vouch for that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he called it out. He goes, well, this is where black and African-Americans live, you know, in these cities. And And Trump's hinting that they are not to be trusted. Those cities, but in those cities live the people, henceforth, ergo, don't trust the people. Yeah. Particularly people of color or more specifically black people. Yeah, which, once again, it is the black folks in America saving America from itself. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, uh, saving a... Someone last night on CNN um, said... You know, once again, Black America will save a democracy that has never, not once, loved them back. And I thought, wow, how awful and how true. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, it's just—it's a really interesting time to be alive. It's a scary time to be alive. It's—it uh, is making me feel like okay, they did build some things in place to help prevent total takeover. I'm still not a hundred convinced we're. 100% convinced we're getting out of this, like, scot-free. But... Yeah, no, I mean, there's been so much damage done over the past, you know, several years. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, Trump's presidency, right. but 
you know, the Tea Party coming in and yeah. the Tea Party movement when Obama was in office. Like, there's been so much damage done to our institutions and just harmful things, laws passed to harm others in this country. Like, mm-hmm. that we've got a lot of work to do, a lot yeah. to go, but I do think it will help to not have a ridiculous leader. Yeah, I feel that, uh, I hope that it's not like the distraction has brought so many people into this realm or into, you know, politics, and then he goes away and then people are like, oh, great, it's done, you know, but I I don't think after going through something like this, after going through an administration like this, I don't think you suddenly chill, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I hope so, and I think one of the really positive things, and I'm really excited to see some of the final like analysis on like turnouts, particularly like youth turnout. Mm-hmm. I know we're already seeing some of the numbers of particularly um, like Asian American youth turnout was huge. Mm. And I'm really excited about that. And I feel really good about that because it's really a lot of the youth turnout is very progressive. Yeah. And the Gen Z is big. Yeah, Gen Z is huge. Yeah. And I am concerned about the white youth, but I suppose, again, did I sound a thousand years old when I said, the white youths concern me, but they do. Um, You know, however, I do have a a beacon of hope in my life, and I can't speak her name, of course, but um, let's say one of my coworkers who, um, one of her third grade classmates last week asked her who Mitch McConnell was because she was going on a rant about Mitch McConnell. And she said, ugh, one of Trump's goonies. And I just feel like I love her. And she's just so in the know, you know. And she also had a hard time with the Jamie Harrison campaign. Very hard time. A lot of people did. But What, what was her response to that? Um, on her Zoom classroom, uh, completely out of the blue. No one had asked her anything. It wasn't her turn to speak. She just said, um, Jamie Harrison, why, why, why? <laughs> um, so, and then... I got a text telling me that story, so that was great. Um, uh, let's see. So that's what's going on. I mean, that's kind of top of mind right now. I don't know what else we could really discuss about the election without more information coming in. I have faith in my um, my former family in Las Vegas, my place of residence. I have faith in Las Vegas. They actually passed it. This is important for the the yeah. gay podcast. I wonder if you were going to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. They have a, a, a state constitution protection, um, basically protecting gay marriage. So mm-hmm. federally, whatever. And then um, it's protected. And, you know, it was, it's a very gay-friendly place to live, Las Vegas. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of, um, for the LGBTQ community, like, a lot of wins this election um you know two representatives in new york uh openly gay black men Mm -hmm. um so that's a big win Uh, a a trans uh representative from vermont yeah um another uh female trans senator i think so i don't know i haven't yeah i think i I saw that too Um, um so there are some good some good uh some good things happening but it's just hard to relax into victories you know you pointed out the other day we would be celebrating you know Kamala Harris is uh about to be vice president but we can't even fucking focus on that yeah oh should we 
Listen to this? Mm. You think she's got numbers? Yeah, I'm sure she has numbers, but she's just going to annoy you. <laughs> okay, we'll give her a second to work it out. Um, so, yeah, so th- yeah. Th- that's kind of what's going on with that. You're yeah. feeling overall optimistic, though? I'm feeling very optimistic. Um, you know, it. this is not like a fix-all, like, ooh, we got a Democrat in the White House again. Like, it's fine. Everything right. can bo- go back to normal. Like, Normal wasn't okay. Normal didn't work for a lot of people. Right. And I think we've realized that. Um, Some really great things in L.A. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in the state of California of rejecting rent control, you know, Prop 22 with Uber and Lyft, like a loss for labor there. You know, so there's a lot of issues in California about us not supporting progressive issues, but in the city of LA, some really big wins for the progressive um, movement, uh, getting rid of our terrible DA, Jackie Lacey. Um, And then LA County supervisors, which they manage a budget that is bigger than several countries. Mm is all women and they used to be called the five little kings because it was always five men running the LA County Supervisor Board and it's all women now. Wow. Yeah, so some some good and big some, wins. Some good reform for incarcerated populations. Yes, well. yeah. yes, huge win yeah. in California with uh, parolees being allowed to vote mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Again, the dis- so, disenfranchisement of the incarcerated is a whole thing that I can't even... Yeah, and uh, I, with that, there was also um, a budget reform um, in L.A. around diverting funds from police yeah. to uh, community support. And that passed as well. Yeah, yeah so, so some good things. I, yeah, I think a lot of good things, and I think one of the things that a lot of people parroted in this election to help with turnout was okay so you're not enthusiastic about the president your local community really matters what's going on there and vote in these down ballot races and i i see a lot of excitement and a lot of things happening on local levels yeah and that's really (laughs) good malone's decided to chase her tail um so it's uh, a bit loud but yeah so overall feeling optimistic about the outcome of the presidential election like you said um you know we didn't really we didn't flip the house we didn't flip the senate so yet there's gonna be right. a runoff in georgia yeah. for two senate seats yeah so but I'm, and stacy abrams who should probably run everything for the democratic party from now on i mean the fact that georgia's even in play is mm-hmm. because of her and like you know, I, yeah, I think if we could win those two Senate seats. Okay, Malone, you have to go do something because this is not going to work for the listeners. She's not understanding me for some reason. So we need to move on from our election insights. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, we're going to move, no, I mean, you're here to be the political correspondent. So yeah, we appreciate. Finally putting that political science degree to use. See, it was all <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it's all $40,000 of it. So one update we wanted to give, and I imagine that this will probably end up being the promo photo for this podcast, <laughs> um, is Halloween. Yes, my least favorite holiday and of the year. And my favorite holiday <laughs> of the year. So 
this year, you know, I kind of had some sad energy around Halloween. I had like such an epic Halloween last year. It was like three days, three costumes. It was just my favorite to bounce from event to event to event with like three costume changes. So this year I kind of invented uh, two reasons to have costumes. The first was I went, you know, to work. I went out with uh, my coworkers uh, to go do the <laughs> trick-or-treating bag drop in their community. And then um, the other was I really, really wanted to do an Ariana Grande costume because she was releasing the Positions album, um, which did not live up to Thank You Next, but what could. Okay. Um, so the one that I was able to put together is that infamous photo of Ariana Grande licking a sucker where she subtly, not so subtly, looks at uh, Pete Davidson as they're walking out of like some building together. So I roped you into it. Uh, yeah, which I mean, shocks no one in our lives that you roped me into something. So do you want to tell the listeners about your experience being Pete Davidson? Yeah, I mean, it... It was a great Halloween costume because <laughs> it was sweatpants and a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and I was very comfortable. Um, <laughs> so it was a great Halloween costume. Yeah, you, you looked very um, comfortable. And, you know, I just, I was really concerned. I tried to pawn it off onto my boyfriend because I was like, oh, I mean, he's a man. He's taller than you. Yeah. It'll be a better picture. And, of course, he was not really comfortable. Well, with... I wasn't super comfortable licking a sucker like it was a dick staring at your boyfriend. Yeah, like and that... he, for some reason, he wasn't comfortable with it either. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, I'm not, like, worried about, like, any sexual energy between you guys. Yeah, here. but you know what's great, though, is that I think you and I actually had quite a bit more sexual energy between Well, yeah, us. of course we do. That's, <laughs> that's a given. I mean, your dad always thinks anytime you're like, oh, I have some news. He's like, you and Katrina, finally. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, so, he does. He's got um, high hopes for us. But yeah, it was it was good. I I liked it because I really just had to stand there. I didn't have to go anywhere. And I got a lot of props and praise on your costume. You got a lot. Well, I mean, I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. Um, I, you let me be Ariana, which was amazing. And then also you just like nailed it. Yeah. You had this like real masculine soft butch energy that everyone <laughs> in everyone was feeling. Well, I just kept standing there and like I couldn't see what was going on because his eyes are downcast. So like you're standing there, I can feel you moving around. Neilan is like being the best and like being like angle this way. No, like put the sucker in this way. Look <laughs> look more at her. Yeah. Like just giving the he's, best he's direction. He's a great he's great with stage directions. Um and so I was just standing there oblivious to what was going on and I just kept thinking in my head Think like you've got a big dick. Stand like you've got a big dick. And I feel like that energy came across. I think it really did. And uh, the way that you grabbed my hand and led me around like a little lady, <laughs> I truly did feel like you had, you know, the big dick. And, you know, hey, I've had the big dick in some instances, but this night it was all you. Yeah. I feel like I kind of... I, I in no way stole your thunder. Oh. But I definitely held my own in that Oh, photo. yeah. It was, I mean, um, it was perfect. <laughs> so thank you if you gave me lots of love on Instagram. It really helped my uh, fragile ego. And <laughs> Katrina, long story made long, is an excellent uh, soft butch. So thank you, Katrina, for filling, yeah. filling that. 
Um, so it's time to move to our next segment. It's bingey, bitch. It's bingey, bitch. Now, I don't do this intro as well as Kevin, but it's bingey, bitch is the uh, segment where we talk about things we've been binging, whether that's alcohol, drugs, people, TV shows, film, or any sort of activity. Now, I think it's fair to say both you and I have been binging the election, but do you have anything uh, other than that that you've been binging recently? Um, yeah, I think through this, when I'm not like obsessed with Twitter and the news and everything, I have been going back to Outlander mm-hmm. um, because I love that show and it just, I need like a comfort show. But there's a lot of violence in it, a lot of rape, a lot of things I just like, and I don't find comforting at the moment. So yeah, I'm kind of at, just... at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, wait. What is Wolf Blitzer saying though? This looks different. Well, it's the top of the hour. It's a new segment. That's why. Oh, okay. But he's got no news. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Yeah, I've been watching Outlander, but I've only been, like, going to the episodes I like or I haven't watched in a long time. And then if there's a battle or, like, a rape scene or something I'm just not comfortable with, I've just been fast-forwarding it. So, basically, I'm just watching, like, love scenes Mm. between the two main characters. Okay, what is, if you can, Outlander? So, Outlander is your favorite type of show. It's it is time about time travel. Aye. No, I I actually am not a big time travel fan, mm-hmm. but I love a good period piece, and this gives me all of that. Okay. Um, so, the premise is that this woman, she was a nurse in World War II. Her and her husband are on their, like, honeymoon post end of the war in this uh, town in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And she goes and visits this, like, ancient ruin, and she travels through the stones back to 18th century Scotland. God, I am not trying to be rude, but I am even bored listening to you telling me what it's about. It's not you. Yeah. It's the subject matter. Yeah. But so, like, the concept is, like, this modern woman travels back into history, and they're English, and, you know, there's a ton of history that I only know really about through the show, you know, between Scotland and England, but it's when it's just like before the Jacobite rebellion. So when Scotland tried I'm to, supposed to know what that is, sorry, I don't know what <laughs> the Jacobite like Braveheart... rebellion is. Jacobite rebellion. I think like Braveheart Never was saw like, it. um, well, I didn't either. I actually think Braveheart might've been before that part of it, <laughs> but, um, essentially like when England, Scotland was trying to win its independence back, mm-hmm. um, and they failed. And, like, traditional Scottish life, like, ended because of that. Yeah. So, essentially, she goes back to this place and time where, like, women just give birth to children and make clothes and food, and that's the whole point. So, it was 2020. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and so, it... And she winds up falling in love with this guy who is essentially kind of like a... He is not her, the guy who, like, keeps her in this clan and is kind of holding her against her will, but... Well, that's good. It's this long thing. They're forced to marry, but she does fall in love with him. And the it's just the, char- the actors are hot. Okay, let me ask you a question about Outlander. 
So she goes back in time, back in tiny times, to fall, mm-hmm. and she falls in love with the dude. So, question. Does she come back to modern times? Because don't they kind of flip between the two worlds? Yeah. I mean, I does guess the show... Does dude come with her, or how does it work? No, I mean... He's got to stay back? Well, I don't know that he can travel through the stones. I think that's been established that he doesn't possess the ability or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. Typical man. Um, but also, like, it's one thing for someone in modern times to go back because you kind of have an idea of, like, what to expect. But could you imagine, like... Coming they, here? Yeah. No, it'd be like in Hocus Pocus when they... Um... <laughs> Malone is now sitting directly on the microphone, so that's good. Um, like in Hocus Pocus, when they come back from the dead and they don't know what Halloween is, and they smell the children but can't find them because yeah. the children are in costumes and they think they're all goblins. Mm-hmm. Something like that? Kind of, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I mean, the show's been on long enough, like, and the books have been out, that yes, I mean, it. she does go back to, like, modern times, mm-hmm. and it even gets to the point where, like, they have a daughter... And, like, she gets pregnant in, like, the 1700s and travels back through the stones and then gives birth to her daughter and raises her daughter in, like, 1960s Boston. Whoa. So her daughter's actually, like, 300. Yeah. That's gross and weird. And I don't know if I like it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's... You suspend reality. It's got that, like, touch of, like science fiction mm-hmm. to it or fantasy. I yeah, don't know which camera it goes into, I mean, but it, I don't know. It's, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like the characters on it. Like it is just, they're beautiful. And like the, the consenting sex scenes in it are good. Are like the first sex scene that like the two main characters have together is one of the best sex scenes I've ever seen on TV. Wow. Yeah. And, like, they're just so horny for each other. Like, it is so good. God, you're making me want to download dating apps again. <laughs> Kevin would be so mad at me. He always is like, no. Um, yeah, we've both been watching a lot of New Girl, too. I yeah. think just to kind of palate cleanse from the election coverage. Well, that, and, I mean, that has been what I've been binging for the past several months. Right, uh, yeah. Neelan is making me watch it. I was very resistant to it because I was like, I Zoe Deschanel and the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, mm-hmm. like, I just am annoyed on the surface of it and have always avoided New Girl. But he, it's one of his favorite shows, and he's like, no, trust me. Which, I mean, a man asking me to trust him, especially <laughs> with a TV opinion. I'm like, all right. Tall order, tall order. Um, and I love it. I love these characters so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate when I'm not... I'm so glad you're rewatching it yeah. and behind us because I get to watch it when I'm not with him. Yeah, yeah. You can jump in on what I'm doing. I'm yeah. still a season behind you guys, so you have plenty of time to jump I think in. you're like a season and a half. I am almost done with season three. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you guys might be middle of five now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what the binge has been. Yeah. So do you have, we usually do cringy. Cringy doesn't have an intro, so we just say ew a bunch of times. Like you go like, ew. Can you give us one? Ew. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so this is, uh, it's cringy. Um, do you have anything in particular that you found cringy about everything we're going through? Oh, I mean, 
I I cringe knowing I'm from Macomb County, Michigan. Mm. Like it is just it has been Trump land. I've been cringing at like high school Facebook posts. Like yeah. I, I, I know there's been a lot of cringe for me with like, I know I'm a white woman. I know I need to talk to white women and make sure that they are uh, like educating themselves about people who are not. But I also don't run with that many people uh, who are in, you know, the Bible Belt. So I've kind yeah. of been trying to think about like, okay, what are some of the things like I could do, you know, besides move? To like, yeah, but I'm finding white women to be quite cringy, and I'm including myself in that population. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, we yeah. have to include ourselves. Yeah, because we are. <laughs> um, it, it's there, and it's... Yeah, it's, it's there in a major way, looking at these numbers. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's cringy that I am even on Facebook still. That is a cringe for you. Yeah, I, like... It's great because my favorite dance instructor is still doing her dance classes, yeah. like, available on Facebook. So, like, I get to do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Frankie. Um, Shout out to Frankie. Uh, so, like, that's been my biggest use of Facebook lately. But I work for an advertising and media agency, and we do advertising on Facebook. And so I have to keep a Facebook account, and it has to look legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> because one of my coworkers... She had gotten rid of her Facebook account, and then we were on this account together, and we needed to pull data from the social ads, and she had to go through, like, a six-week-long process to, like, verify she was a real person, like, with Facebook, so that we could get access to this data. So, Facebook just didn't trust someone without a Facebook? Yeah. That's hilarious. And because she created a new account and it, like, didn't have anything on there, they're like, oh, because they were trying to clamp down on bots and everything after, you know, the 2016 election and just everything that was going on there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they were trying to do better. But, yeah, so long story long, I, sorry, I stole your phrase. (laughs) Um I have to keep my Facebook, and it annoys me. Yeah. I think I rant about it probably once a month. Yeah, you're not happy about it. No. No. Although, I have no problem being on Instagram, so I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, right? Hypocrite. You've <laughs> <laughs> been saying Democrat so much that it just came out of hypocrite. No, suddenly, no, I'm going to become a medical professional and take my Hippocratic oath. <laughs> I mean, I think Grey's Anatomy comes back this week, maybe next week. Maybe so get your white coat ready. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, we're going next to a segment, and we're running a little long, so we're going next to a segment called uh, Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Kevin usually does that, so that, okay. Um, So, I have a special treat for you guys tonight, and I thought you and I could discuss um, what I had put. So, this is a special journal. Um, It is from the years, I'm going to just read you the title page. The years of 2000, whoa, 2002, the years of 2002 and 2003 listed as dated. This journal belongs to Jenna Cordes. Just a note, any feelings expressed are genuine and not a form of emotional betrayal to the onlooker. <laughs> These thoughts were produced and recorded by Jenna Cordes on the date of September 29th, 2002 and thereafter. Copyright Jenna Cordes. Well, you had the original Twitter bio of opinions and thoughts are my own and not my employers. 
Okay, so now this is actually in 2003 in July. Um, I make a list of, and this cracks me up, things I want in my perfect guy. So it's a little off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Although you came full circle. You know, yeah, it could, could be, be a perfect guy. Yeah. Could be a perfect they. Could be a perfect woman. We'll see. Um, I wanted to go through the first 16. And the reason I'm getting to 16 is because I think you'll find 16 amusing. Um, but I thought we could talk to about each one as we go. And if you look for these things also. Mm, mm-hmm. Number one, nice to everyone. I mean, yeah. Pretty solid, right? Yeah. Number two, honest. Solid. That's good. Three, extra nice to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think those first three are, you know, you're on the right path. Number four, funny. Yeah, Perfect. clearly. Okay, you're going to die with what I wrote for number five. You're going to die. Okay, okay, I wrote, shares in caps, my need for music. <laughs> the woman who needed to learn music as of last Fill year. Fill them in on uh, on what happened there. Um, So, as you know, Jenna likes to write lists. And one day I came into her room as we were trying to figure out how to get out of going out to a club with friends. I came into her room and saw her making a list of things she needed to do. Several times on there was put on pants, but <laughs> I latched on to one that said, learn music. <laughs> so all it said was learn music. And I asked her, what does that mean? I was like, do you want to learn an instrument? Do you want to learn about me? What does that mean? And she said, I just need to learn music. I know nothing about music and everyone in my life loves it and knows everything. And I just need to learn everything about music now. So apparently there was a time in my life when I really knew music, but I think I fell off. I fell off. Yeah. Um, So I thought you'd like that one. It's probably when you discovered Calvin Harris that you're like, well, I can stop here now. (laughs) Number six, doesn't push me to do anything. I think I meant sexually, if I was, can get into my eighth grade brain here, Uh, because I do want someone who pushes me to like be my best self, you know? Yeah, um, but they can't push too hard. No, because you no, will, then you will say that. no. I'm getting a little better at that, though. Um, number seven, no drugs. Meh, I'd be a little more open if they wanted to do drugs every once in a while. Yeah, but, I mean, you're not going to do that with No, them. no, probably not. Number eight, kind. Okay, solid. Nine, understanding. Yeah. Sorry, going back to your drugs one, weren't we talking about being in D.A.R.E. the other day? Yeah, I was like in D.A.R.E. and Students Against Drug Driving, which what the hell that you're going to have an acronym called SAD and then I'm going to be like in a club called SAD. Well, I mean, I think we are in that club, so. <laughs> okay. Um, loves being outdoors. That makes me laugh for a lot of reasons because I feel like I only recently like came to enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, I I mean, we obviously weren't childhood friends, but like I've met your family like, like spent we never a lot went of time. camping. Yeah, we never, no. Yeah. That's interesting. Um likes to learn about everything, likes to travel, never cheats on me. I mean, that's a were those all one? No, sorry, I was oh, okay. uh, I put them in a clump because I was like, eh, eh. yeah. 
Um, Pretty number- standard Bumble bio. <laughs> Don't cheat on me. Um, number 14 is as good to his friends as he is to me. That, I mean, that's a good one. It's an indicator. I, yeah. I was no dummy. Um, number 15, a good compromiser. I think that's really important. I think I might have run into some issues there in my most recent relationship. Um, and then 16, this is the one that I thought you would think was funny, especially the way I wrote it. <laughs> Doesn't litter. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put in parentheses, I know. But it's just important. <laughs> you have not changed. No, I really I, haven't. Jenna will dig through the trash if she even has the thought that maybe I have thrown something away that, that could be recycled. Yeah. yeah, that could be recycled. And Kevin, you know, kind of broke my heart with a lot of the recycling stuff once he worked for the recycling department because, you know, he'd catch me digging through trash yeah. and putting things in. And he'd be like, oh, they, they're going to throw that out. So, yeah, no, I've known that as well, but I don't have the authority like mm-hmm. Kevin does to He's seen point it that out. Yes. Yeah. So, like, not that I think you don't believe the things I tell you. I believe a but, lot that you tell me, but that you were going to need some hardcore evidence for me to stop doing what I was doing. And I just... And I, I still recycle. I don't care. I just, I now know, like, they're not going to take waxy paper. I now know they're not going to take anything with food chunks on it. Like, I, I knew that, but I'm yeah. more careful now. Because he says that throughout the whole batch. Yeah. I mean, the great thing about it, though, is that I often don't have to clean up our takeout. Mm-hmm. Like, you will just start... You will initiate cleaning off our coffee table because I you know recycle. I will throw it away. Yeah, yeah, I want to recycle. And as we speak now, the coffee table is ripe for recycling. Um, so we've come to the end. This has yes. been lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. It's really just been us talking in an organized way with a microphone in between us. Yeah, it's kind of what we always do, but a little bit more uh, of a, a goal. yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy your first time on Two Broke Days? I did. I I hope it was okay. Like Oh, it was fabulous. Know, it it's not just my debut on Two Broke Days. It is my first podcast and honestly probably my first kind of like even interview or like wow. anyone kind of like Asking you your opinion on yeah. things, uh, recorded in a recorded fashion. Yeah, I mean, I fantasize about being on like a panel at like a conference because I am that boring. That, that is my <laughs> fantasy. Yeah, that sounds fun to me. You know, so I, yeah, I guess this is the closest I've I've come to it. Great. So. Well, we are so lucky and thankful to have you, and um, we'll see what happens with this election. Um, and listeners. You've been listening to Two Two Broke Broke Gays. Gays. Great job.